0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessing of Allah be upon you all. <coughs> Welcome once again here in Dive Time Show. You're listening to Anika Rahman and i have joined, joined by Dr. Tariq Bajwa here in the London studio. Wa alaikum assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you.
1: Wa alaikum assalamu Peace be upon you and all our listeners. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this afternoon. Um, we we are going to speak on a very interesting topic today. Um, um, many people, they, are those who are involved in either directly or indirectly by some relative or somebody they know who has developed their child, has been diagnosed with a cancer, um, and that's the topic we are going to discuss today is childhood cancer support, advocate, and cure. Um, so this is, uh, um, this is the first topic, first hour we'll be speaking on childhood cancer, and later on the second hour we'll be speaking about Prophet Abraham on whom be peace Um,
0: yes Anik yes indeed the thing is something very important nowadays Uh, it's increasing day by day and uh, you see different kind of uh, cancers and uh, you know there's support there but uh, around the world it's a very major issue and particularly, you know having this in mind of course, there are some tragedies happen in the life, and uh you know some need to some you know leave this this world but this is this is something especially the cancer and the the topic we will discuss- will be discussing the childhood cancer you know it it can come up from anywhere, any time and uh sometime when you find out it's very late so i think this this uh disease or the cancer itself uh It's something, you know, When whenever somebody heard that, you know, he had been diagnosed with a cancer, it's just something, you know, he he starts thinking. I think maybe it's his end now. So anyways, we'll be discussing this uh, in depth today and uh, having some more understanding, you know, uh, what childhood cancer is, what kind of support is there, and, you know, uh, and what is a cure and some other things. Since 1990, September... Marks Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And you know often when when children are and their families are hit with the devastating news of cancer, they lose hope and do not know where to turn for support. Cancer in children is much less and less common than in adults, but just as devastating for the cancer patients and their families and, and carers. And today's show, we'll be discussing the Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, different types of childhood cancer, how you know, children and families can live with cancer, and the Islamic beliefs on how to cope with the suffering. And we'll focus also, you know, we'll have a look at what research is currently being done with regards to the cure to cancer. Before we start, let's have a look at the fifth condition of the bad initiation of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, which they take on the hand of His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masoor Ahmad, the uh, head, ha- worldwide head of Ahmadiyya Muslim community, and you know, consider him to be the Khalif. Uh, he says that, that he or she shall remain faithful to God in all circumstances of life, in sorrow. And in happiness, in adversity and prosperity, in felicity and in trial, and that he, she shall in all condition remain in to the decree of God and keep himself or herself ready for face all kind of indignities and sufferings in his way and shall never turn away from him at the onslaught of any misfortune. On the contrary, he shall march forward. This condition you know, heavily focuses on the notion of one keeping faith and being steadfast in all that life may throw our way. One should trust Allah as he is the best of planners and trust our faith in him for he is of course all-knowing and all-powerful. So if we discuss cancer itself, something very important, what is cancer? What is the understanding we have? You know, almost everyone has heard of cancer and knows that it is bad news. But some people may not know the science behind it. Cancer starts in our cells. You know, the the cells are tiny building blocks that make up the organs and, and tissues of our body. Usually these cells divide to make new cells in a controlled way. This is how our bodies grow, heal and repair. You know, sometimes a uh, thing goes wrong and the cell becomes abnormal. The abnormal cell keeps dividing and making more and more abnormal cells. And these cells form a lump, which is called a tumour. Not all lumps are cancerous. A lump that is not, uh, you know, cancerous cannot spread to anywhere else in the body. A lump that is that has cancer can grow into surrounding tissues, and cancer cells sometimes break away from the primary cancer and travel through the blood and the you know, lymphatic system to other parts of the body. Cancer cells that spread and develop into a tumour somewhere else in the body are called a secondary cancer. Now the Childhood Cancer Awareness
1: Month, which is also known as a CCAM, that is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, Aims to generate awareness and support for children suffering from cancer, and this is one reason why we are uh, holding this program. Just to um, join this program this uh, during this month of September, because uh, this uh, childhood awareness uh, month uh, it starts it started in 1990. And uh, in 2023, this year, it marks its 33rd anniversary where people are made aware of this childhood cancer. And, of course, uh, whatever is associated with cancer, it's not only in the case of children, uh, it's not only the children who are suffering, it's the whole house, it's the whole family which has to suffer along with it because they have to... um, Of course, even if it is in the dirt, you know, there are people who are i um, looking after him, those who are associated with him, the family, the near and dear ones. But in the case of children, particularly, you know, for the parents, it is, uh, is something which, uh, which is, uh, not easy to, uh, to take. And that's why you need a support for the family. You need a support, um, during the period of treatment, whether it's a curable or a not a curable. Uh, cancer, or whatever the situation is, they all need um, support and, and uh, mo- yeah, as more people are aware of this, of course they can provide with compassion and uh, uh, some sympathy for these people who are suffering and they can come to their help. So <clears throat> we, we may not be only talking about the physical hugs, but rather by saying that everyone deserved a hug, we are saying that everyone deserves comfort, care and support. In 2021, Humanity First International Conference, the current head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, he stated that Allah the Almighty and his messenger, may peace be upon him, they have instructed Muslims to seek to alleviate the pain of those who are suffering from ill health, to provide them with medical treatment, to tenderly care for them, and to regularly inquire after their health. In this regard, the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Whosoever visits a sick person for the sake of Allah, a heavenly caller will announce, May your every step be blessed, and may you be rewarded with an abode in paradise. Not only has the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, instructed Muslims to provide relief and treatment to those who are unwell, but he has also given the glad tiding that those who make heartfelt heartfelt efforts to care for the sick will be rewarded in the hereafter. So when we have an opportunity such as getting involved and donating in the International Childhood Cancer Month to help those who are suffering we should not waste it and try to help as much as we can. So that's an obligation as a Muslim we have is that in whatever way we can help there is a commandment of God in the very beginning of the Holy Quran which says that it's a sign of the believers, and that whatever we have provided them, they they distribute it or they give it to other people. They, they share it with others. That what we have given them out of that provision, they also share with others and they give it to others as well. So, so if if God Almighty has given us good health, uh, being thankful to Him, we should be compassionate with the people who are suffering. We should, in whatever way we can, help them physically, um, with uh, talking to them, with uh, you know having sympathy with them, but also donating money so that a research process can carry on and uh, there are uh, results from that. As a, as a result of which we can find the, uh, the cure, the treatments which make the life easier for those who are suffering. So this, is all, uh, this is all comes out of compassion, which is, which is the sort of uh, spine of, uh, of, of, of Muslim um, training and education which he gets from um, the divine guidance uh, in the Holy Quran. So uh, as regards childhood cancer, if you look at the uh, facts and figures, uh, looking at the statistics each year, an estimated 400,000 children and adolescents of from zero to 19 years old, they develop cancer. So that's not a, a small figure. And out of the different types of cancer, the most common type in childhood, um, they are acute leukemias. Leukemias are the blood cancers and uh, also the cancers of the brain and the spinal cord. You know, as a child, you know, you, you are developing, you're growing, and and whenever um, any tissue is growing, it has the chance of developing cancer increases because um, cancer is where the the multiplication of the cells takes place, it's more likely that something can go wrong and the limit to which it should grow, it can, that limit can be, um, become an unlimited and as soon as becomes unlimited and there is no control over it, that is what is cancer. So there are other types of cancer which include uh, lymphoma. Lymphoma is the cancer which starts in the lymphatic system, you know, along with the blood um we have uh, lymphatics, the vascular system which which carries blood but there is a lymphatic system which carries the fluid which is in the interstitial um tissues where um these these are outside the blood vessels uh and and this also carries this lymphatic system carries this fluid towards your Heart and and it ultimately drains into heart and joins the blood. So the lymphoma is uh, is a cancer which starts from this tissue which is in the lymphatic system. You you, you know you have got um, some nodes which sometimes they swell up. In, in usually it is in the groin. Whenever you have some scratch on the leg somewhere on the foot, um, you you can sometimes get develop fungal infections. And as a result, you can see that in your groin there are small. Um, You can find the small lumps which you can feel, which later on they disappear. But this is the first step that the lymphatic tissue, it tries to stop the infection there. And as a result, they swell up. So, uh, but if the swelling is unlimited and it carries, carries on growing, then it becomes a lymphoma or it's a cancer. Then there are other types of cancers like muscle cancer or bone cancer. And then you have a neuroblastoma, a cancer of nerve cells. Uh, And then we have a Wilms tumours, a type of kidney cancer. And then we have a retinoblastoma, that's a a type of eye cancer as well. So these are the different types of cancer which can happen uh, and uh, which uh, uh, we come across
0: in the children. Indeed, uh, Dr. Thaik Bajwa. Of course, it's a long and lengthy topic we'll be discussing It's further and uh, just we're going for a break and then uh, we'll be back after the short break.
2: Writings of the Promised Messiah, alayhis Salam. I call to Allah to witness that the Holy Quran is a rare pearl. It's outside is light and it's inside is light and it's above is light and it's below is light. And there is light in every word of it. It is a spiritual garden whose clustered fruits are within easy reach and through which streams flow. Every fruit of good fortune is found in it and every torch is lit from it. Its light has penetrated to my heart and I could not have acquired it by any other means. And Allah is my witness that if there had been no Qur'an, I would have found no delight in life. I find it that its beauty exceeds that of a hundred thousand josephs. I incline towards it with a great inclination and drink it into my heart. It has nurtured me as an embryo is nurtured, and it has a wonderful effect on my heart. My self is lost in its beauty. It has been disclosed to me in a vision that the Garden of Holiness is irrigated by the water of the Holy Qur'an. Which is a surging ocean of the water of life he who drinks from it comes to life indeed he brings others to life Back, we
1: are uh, talking about childhood cancer. That was the first topic we are discussing today uh, here in Drive Time Show. Um, Welcome those who are just joined in. Um, The topic today we are discussing is about, we're talking about the childhood cancer, how people suffer from this and not only that uh, the patient, those who are suffering, but also the family around them, in the case of children, is particularly the parents and all the associated members of the society who suffer. And we we talked about the compassion, which is the guidance given by the Holy Quran. And as I um, as a human being, we all should be compassionate, and we feel the suffering of another human being. But uh, Islam, in particular, has advised us that we should be. Uh, we, we should be compassionate about our, um, our brothers, um, who those who are human beings, uh, no matter what colour, creed, what religion they belong to, but we should, we should, um, uh, try to help them as much as possible uh, in whatever way we can if we can support them physically, verbally if we can support them with the finances uh, in whatever way, of course uh, God Almighty, it is a commandment by God Almighty that we should do so and uh, of course that brings a pleasure of Allah even if you go and just ask for somebody who is ill uh, to visit them, there is a great reward for that We were, earlier I was talking about the types of cancer that in children in particular, there are certain types of cancer which are more likely, uh, like leukemia, these are the blood cancers, then the cancer of the brain and spinal cord. These are common but apart from that we also suffer from lymphoma muscle or bone cancers neuroblastoma is a cancer of the nerve cells there is also a, a tumor called a wilms tumor that has been named after a scientist who found this and this is a type of kidney cancer which is um, you know which occurs in the childhood retinoblastoma because retina is the um, is the screen where the shadow or the image is made in the eye, and uh, this, uh, if, it, if it originates from the uh, cell of a retinoid it's called retinoblastoma, and this that can also happen in the childhood. So, all these types of cancer, they would have symptoms according to the type of origin and where they are located and where they are situated. So, uh, although it is um, um, is not very common in, ch- to, in children to have cancer, uh, but we should still keep an eye on what could be the potential symptom and because we should not ignore the symptoms of, uh, of a, a child. If, you, if a child is complaining many times, you know, the, the children are not very good at expressing what they are, what is happening, but one should observe. And if these symptoms, if we think that these symptoms are there, we should take it seriously and discuss with a, uh, with a person who is involved in health care. So, sometimes it can be a bit tricky, but the common symptoms, which can be, you know, an indicative of, of, of cancer, um, a parent should uh, look for if, if a child is not able to pass urine or you notice that there is a blood in urine, particularly because of the, the kidney tumor, it is a, also it's a painless leading in the urine so that is that is also you know so so that's where one thinks that pain is such a blessing that when you feel pain then then you you, it draws your attention to to get help but if it is painless sometimes we neglect it and we say oh it will get better but if it is a persistent symptom that you you see that blood in there is blood in urine um, and particularly if it is not painful because the painful um, urination can have, it can be due to infection, it can be due to stone. Um, there, there are uh, causes which are less um, harmful than than the cancer. So but that can be first indication sometimes. So one should be attentive, and you should look for what it is. An unexplained lump of firmness or swelling anywhere in the body, you know unless you have a diagnosis you know somebody tells you that this is what this lump is um you should you should investigate you should try to find out the wh- why do you have this swelling or lump which is persistent which was not there before and particularly if it is growing rapidly if it becomes tender painful um then you have to um, you know uh, go to you have to get it investigated what what it is Abdominal pain or swelling that doesn't go away yes uh, abdominal pain abdomen is called a pandora box you know because you don't know what mm-hmm. is inside when you open it and uh, so it could be anything in the abdomen it could be very simple something where then that you sometimes get bloating or you get the uh, <coughs> the wind which is trapped in the in the uh, stomach but it could be something very serious so it has to be. Um, investigated and it has to be, uh, your attention should be drawn um, when somebody is complaining of abdominal pain. Similarly back or bony pain that doesn't go away, if it is persistent pain that wakes your child up at night in particular because you know when child is asleep, when anybody is asleep you know he wouldn't get up unless there is a trouble, unless there is a real problem. That's why one has to be, um, one has to be keen that, uh, um, you know, what, what is going on. So, um, another thing which everybody gets uh, alerted when somebody has a scissor, so the scissors which are unexplained and they change the behavior and mood of the child, of course, uh, you know, this, this has to be investigated and uh, immediate attention should be given to this because the scissors can be a sign of um, a brain tumor, because something there is activity, so activity is being triggered in the brain. Sometimes and that that leads to seizures. So that could be a hint um, towards being and uh, that being investigated. Headaches. Ha- now headache is 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 something which is a very very wide subject. Mm. A headache can be very very trivial. Very um, you know, a- and all it needs is just a bit of rest and uh, sometimes uh, a cup of tea or paracetamol will find because you are tired. You have not eaten properly at the at time, you are in a journey, um, uh, your routine is disturbed, very common thing. But at the same time, if it is a persistent headache, particularly if it is associated with nausea, vomiting, it is, if it is associated with the photophobia, photophobia is when you, you can't uh, tolerate uh, sun or light you are not able to tolerate that, that's something serious, and that something has to be taken seriously, and it needs to be investigated. So there are so many different kinds of headaches. There is cluster headache. There is tension headache. There is uh, migraine. Migraine is a very severe headache, which uh, you know people get. Uh, it disturbs their lives. Um, so 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 that any headache, it should be investigated. It should uh, be at least uh, you should um, to- seek advice about
0: the headache? Dr. Dhabhaj, one of the thing, you know, I've uh, I met uh, one, he was a young guy, he was studying uh, in, in the in university. And uh, I think sometimes when you're young, you know, you just uh, say, I'm a, I have a headache and uh, sometimes parents, they think that, you know, you're just making up stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you're young, in, in grade, year nine, year 10, maybe you don't want to go to school and you're just making, you know, excuses that, but what happened actually, he had something in his head,, mm-hmm. so it came out with cancer, but the parents were not paying attention in the beginning, and at the end, it was too late, yeah, so yeah, I think the, the the topic we're discussing is childhood cancer, you know sometime we do think you know, they are just making excuses, but some we should take it very seriously, and you know anything can happen they had a brain tumor, and uh maybe you know child do make excuses, but you should be very conscious of what was going on. Yeah, at least you you should seek seek help and advice yes. because
1: uh, you know you should not uh, leave it that uh, it is because uh, you know this is a child this is complaining for no reason. Of course, you will understand if so if you have gone you have got mm. it got an advice how to how to deal with it. Then then it can be, uh, but I, I think that you should not just sit on it. And uh, it should be investigated. Um, another thing which is uh common is particularly we are talking about uh uh septicemia, we're talking about the the blood cancers, and if there is an unexplained bruising or a rash of small red or purple spots, uh, which are unexplained, that 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 also needs to be investigated. And uh, I, I think uh. The uh, help should be um, sought. When identified early, cancer is more likely to respond to effective treatment and result in a greater probability of survival, uh, less suffering, and often less expensive and less intensive treatment. So, earlier the better. The diagnosis, if the diagnosis is earlier, the outcome would be better, that is that is for sure. So, in adults, the lifestyle-related risk factors such as smoking, being overweight, not getting enough exercise, eating an unhealthy diet, drinking alcohol, they all play a major role in many types of cancer, but lifestyle factors of course, they are not there in children, and they don't influence their cancer risk, but they are not you know, obviously they don't play a major role in in the childhood cancers, but there are other factors, most of the factors which are something which is which you you inherit. You, you can inherit, they are called the gen genetics, uh, genetical factors, uh, that you have inherited from your parents, but at the same time, it can be, um, something which is, uh, just come up. It may not exist in your in your family, in your parents, but it is out of because in fact, you know, somebody has very well said that, in fact, when you look at the physiology of the human beings, you know, all the cells are being multiplied all the time. Mm. There is a re- process of repair, and and the process of uh, the tissue breakdown is continuous. is carrying on all the time. So, wherever there is multiplication of cells, one wonders, you know, why, if you get a scratch, that skin heals immediately after mm. that, and... What stops that skin to stop when you know when it is sufficiently uh, replaced by the cells? What stops them to grow any further? Hmm. So, so one is uh, you know astonished at the 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 system nature has developed that. It only grows to, to the level where it is required, and after that it stops. So this is, this is a miracle, basically, if you look at the human Indeed. body all the time, how you are saved from, from cancer developing, because cancer is when the, the, it crosses the limit. That is what is cancer, and then there are so many other systems which are working for you. There is an immunological system in the body, where you know there are forces which have been, uh, which are ready in your body to attack any foreign attack, which could be a virus, which could be a bacteria, which could be, um, which could be a cell which is growing, which is overgrowing. That also is is eaten up by these cells, which is called the macrophages so the macrophages they come to uh, um, to to do an active role to stop these dividing cells so that's how you, you you are protected so very very important is the good diet the good diet which is a healthier diet which is you know enough proteins are being supplied so therefore you those people who whose diet is poor the nutrition factor is a major factor they are more likely to develop a cancer as well then we uh, we also have some environmental factors such as radiation exposure. You know that has been also linked to some types of uh, some types of childhood cancers. Uh, you know if if a mother even before birth has been exposed to X rays. Um, exposed to radiations, for example, sometimes uh, you know, the, for for a treatment of certain condition, that can affect the baby, and, the, and that that can lead to uh, the problems such as cancers. Some studies have also suggested that some parental exposures, such as smoking, they might increase the risk uh, child's risk of certain cancers. But of course, this uh, more studies are required to explore these possible links. So these are the various factors which can lead to cancer. And if there is awareness that these are the factors which can be so one one can watch for it so that you can have an early diagnosis. And, of course, some of the cancer, we've got very good treatments available, particularly some blood cancers. Not all blood cancers are fatal. Um, and, and they, can, they can be cured and they can be treated. Um, particularly, the symptomatic treatment can be um, you know, effective and you can have a near normal um, sort of um, um, your, your normal life. So in Islam, we believe that the most powerful tool to overcome any hardships is prayer. So along with what you can do, what science has told us and that is also a blessing from god almighty that he has given human beings the wisdom so that they can develop various treatments they can um, research and do uh, whatever they can and that is also we read in the in the earlier part of the program the fifth condition of uh, our, our bath which is initiation at the hand of Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad who initiated this who's the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat that he has put a condition that you should one you should be thankful to Allah for whatever he has given to you and you should be um, you should be happy with him in all conditions um, either you are you are in distress or you are happy in whatever condition you are you should be thankful to him and the second thing also he mentions that we should we should keep on working for the sake of the benefit of mankind you know, in general, for the creation of uh, God, and also particularly for the (laughs) Muslims, that we should be doing... So all the research work basically um, uh, sort of uh, uh, is this condition, it is within this condition that we should be trying hard and striving hard in whatever position we are so that we can do research through which the the human beings can benefit in general. It's not necessarily that it is it is for a particular group of people. You're doing it is it is for the sake of humanity. So that's why we put humanity first, uh, because it's God Almighty uh, is uh, is a commandment from God Almighty, and Allah says that O ye who believe, seek help with patience and prayer. Surely Allah is with the steadfast. That's from chapter two, verse one fifty four. So the prayer factor. Is along with what you are doing, because God Almighty has got you know two main attributes, and, and they are both related to mercy. So the one of the mercy is that when He does mercy without you doing anything, that is called Rahman. And the second one is when you make an effort, He gives you the fruit for that, and, and that is His His uh, attribute of Rahim. And they both come out of mercy. So when you are making an effort. God Almighty also helps you so so that you are successful in finding a treatment. So so that is that is why along with whatever you do, your trust should not be in yourself or whatever you are making effort, but your trust should be in God. Mm-hmm. Because you are doing it for the sake of God. So if you are doing something for the sake of God and you also pray to Allah and you turn to him, he will open up the ways in which you can find, um, you know, the, the, you will find the, whatever you are looking for and you might be able to find a treatment
0: for, or a cure for a, a cancer. Dr. sir, so one of the things we've discussed, <clears throat> as you discuss, mentioned, about the lifestyle, how they are living. But one thing sometimes they say is genetic as well. So, would you be able to answer? Like, just explain more. I know, I understand. You know, uh, the lifestyle affects everything. You, you know, you be overweight or having a bad habits of uh, eating. But one thing people say is the genetic as well the cancer. So, is it is it true? Is it or not? Yeah, the ge-
1: the genetic factors they do play a role because sometimes you have mutations in your genes. Hmm. That means that <clears throat> some of the genes they they are in, in an orderly manner. And because of the multiplication and, and then, you know, your, your cells divide and they're, they're distributed. So you are getting, you know, from your parents, you get 50-50 mm. from one parent, from another parents, and then it goes on and on. So if you have a particular type of gene which has mutated, that has been changed over the period, and that leads to a, um, an unhealthy, something which is not healthy or something which is not perfect. So that is likely to be transferred to, to the children. And, and there are various genes, various factors, which are more likely to be genetic than the others. True. So, um, uh, for example, the, the blood cancer, for example, we are mm. talking about it's very common childhood cancer as well, that if there is a mutation in the gene, and that is why it is recommended that when you, when you marry, then one, you know, the, the close relatives they are more likely to have the similar genes as you have, mm. and, and there are certain types of genes where you only get one factor from one of the parents. So so the disease itself does not manifest in you, but it is likely to manifest when the, when your partner has got the similar two mm-hmm. genes, <clears throat> and two genes which are affected, they get united in your child Mm. So there is a 25 percent chance that this will happen. So out of your four children, one can suffer from the disease because you know it is fifty-fifty, and then it, it, when it goes to the child, and there are chances that the affected gene is in in the child as well. So that's why one has mm. to be careful that way that you get. And, and nowadays, if you particularly have, for example, breast cancer, you can easily get. Um, the screening the genetic screening if if there is a mm-hmm. breast cancer in your family you are likely that you, you the, the offsprings will get the um, breast cancer as well so you can get beforehand you can get the counseling so you can get a regular checkups beforehand so because your incidence or the your chance of getting a breast cancer will increase so similarly you can get the counseling before you get married so that you can get the genetic testing if there is a disease running in the family so that you you don't, um, and and that is a protection, that's a wisdom God Almighty has given you that you can protect yourself from um, getting into these genetic uh, factors uh, uh, leading to cancer in your children.
0: You're very much right. I think I've seen one of the child. Has it? No, all of them, or maybe two. It's only one, mostly who basically takes the genes and you know develops. Yeah, this as you said, that the chances mm,
1: they are there. There is only 25 percent if you have if the both of them. Yeah. They, they themselves don't suffer, but the child it's only 25 percent. So so one in four. Yeah. So 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 one in four. So if you want to prevent it, then of course you have to be more careful. That you are. Um, uh, thalassemia is one of the examples. That thalassemia is a blood disease where you know. Um, there is a lot of suffering if you suffer from, but there is a thalassemia trait, and there is a thalassemia itself. The thalassemia, if you have a trait, that means that you have you don't have a disease yourself, but you have a trait. So one trait, when joins the other trait from the other side, hmm. it will become a disease. So, okay. so I it says it's easy to understand that yeah. you know if you have one factor, then you should avoid that somebody who has the similar trait you should not. Um, get married to 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 that person so that your offspring don't suffer.
0: Hmm. And one other thing, you know, uh, is there any studies whether, you know, the childhood cancer is more curable than adults? Um, of, of course, uh, because
1: you see, the, there are so many other factors you mentioned earlier that hmm. the, in the adults we have so many other factors. Hmm. But generally, it is uh, there has been studies which which show that the the cancer in children responds. Better mm. so, and and particularly if you if you get an early treatment, it's more likely that it can be um, it can be cured, and uh, and you have a life after that. Of course, that there there are so many children who have you know got cured from the from the cancer, and then they they live their normal life
0: and just have a normal lifespan. So moving on, I think thank you. Uh, moving on, uh, as we discussed everything, but one other thing, you know, and God forbid, somebody has cancer and. One thing we need to know, I think, that's if, uh, God forbid, somebody has it, then how he should be living with it. You know, cancer can be a difficult, you know, um, traumatizing experience, especially for children. Imagine being at a young age and being told that you have an illness that can only potentially get worse and the survival rate being quite low. It would be difficult to understand, uh, and get your head around. So, it is important to keep children up to date with their regular routine, such as schoolwork, not being able to, to do the same things as their friends do, may be upsetting, and therefore, it is important that their routine stays somewhat familiar. Hospitals, you know, often have teachers on site to help children keep up to date with their schoolwork. And people with cancer are prone to low moods, you know, post traumatic stress disorder or uh, phobias relating to different medical treatments. So for this, there are counsel- counselors, you know, and therapists available, and children may benefit uh, from taking uh, to someone about what they are feeling and to help them, you know, and navigate through those emotions. And especially you know, counseling may be useful for both the children and their Families or carers, so it's, there are things are there, and I think it's very important to seek help and through counsel and therapists, and it'll definitely you know help children who are suffering with it or the families and and the carers. And counseling, you know, will not uh, cure cancer, of course, but however, it can help provide better coping strategies to support your support you during and after your treatment and deal with any mental health issues which may arise, and it have a big Effect on your mental health which can be very challenging. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Holy Prophet of Islam, stated that if a believer receives happiness, he shows gratitude for it by praising Allah and prostrating before him. Thus, this becomes a source of goodness for him. But if he inflicted with any trial and shows forbearance, then this factor also becomes a means of goodness for him. So in each way, Regardless if you are suffering or you're happy, we have to be grateful to God Almighty. You have, if you are, you know, going through a trial, be steadfast and, you know, have a trust on God Almighty that indeed he is there to cure you. So it is also be, you know, tiring to live as a care to a child with cancer. If you know a a friend or family member whose children has been diagnosed with cancer, try your best to help how you can help you can you, know, you could prepare meals that they can put in the freezer help with groceries cleaning or laundry or help with transport and to you know f- from hospital or for from appointments and if you are caring for a child with cancer make sure that you do you know reach out to friends and family for the support as this will give you more energy to focus on yourself yourself and your body and your family you know at a time of suffering uh, people can be quick to point fingers and say this is proof that there can be no benevolent God if such suffering exists. However, we read in the Holy Quran, God Almighty says, And we will try you with something of fear and hunger and loss of wealth and lives and fruits, but give glad tiding to the patient. You know, the people who show patience, indeed, God says there will glad tiding for them some time you know if even though they are suffering and they leave this world we have to have belief on the life you know uh, in hereafter god exists and god is the one who says there's a glad tiding for them and indeed you know god will give them a status or give them a life after this after this world which is a thing better for them which they had in 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 this uh, world I would like to present one of the aspects of His Holiness, Mirza Masoor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper. He has explained on these words that in his Friday Sermon of October 2nd, 2015, that these words mention qualities of true believers, that they demonstrate in times of difficulty, trial or any kind of loss. God states that a true believer is only identified when he has these qualities. True believers at times sustained personal at the time, you know, communal loss. But they come out of these losses successfully, having sought God's pleasure. Indeed, they should seek God's pleasure. Now, Dr. Vagbaj, if you could mention the cure for cancer. Uh, unfortunately, there's
1: no currently, I mean, there's currently no cure for cancer. There are treatments to manage the symptoms. Uh, of course, some of the cancers as I mentioned earlier as well, particularly the childhood cancers and the blood cancers, they do have tr- such treatment which is near cure um, because they, they are not suffering any more of those uh, symptoms which they suffer. So um, so that's why they, it's it said that it is cured or it's almost cured. So extensive research is going on um, for cure, find, to find a cure to cancer and uh, two of the main breakthroughs in the search for a cure to cancer one is uh, like city of hope one of america's largest cancer research organization has been working on developing a cancer killing drug this drug is known as aoh 1996 and it has been under development for the last 20 years and is now undergoing clinical trials and while initial results are promising the research so far has only concluded that AOH-1996 can suppress tumor growth in cell and animal models with the first phase of clin- clinical trial in humans now underway. So, the, the, you know, usually the problem with the, all these drugs is that um, they can kill the tumor cell, but along with that, with that, they kill normal cell as well. So that is why that is why if the, the drug has to identify that which cell has, is not to be harmed? Because if it is harming the normal cells, then then it's no good to human beings. So if it, you know, it targets a cancerous variant of a protein. This particular drug, AOH 1996, uh, it attacks a protein called proliferating cell nuclear antigen (PCNA), uh, uh, and uh, it is mutated form PCNA is critical in the replication of DNA and repair of all expanding tumors. Professor Linda Malkas, who has been developing the drug, explained that data suggests PCNA is uniquely altered in cancer cells, and this fact allowed us to design a drug that targeted only the form of PCNA in cancer cells. So, this pill has been shown to be effective in treating cells derived from breast, prostate, brain, ovarian, cervical, skin, and lung cancers. So, if successful, the treatment may take 5 to 10 years to gain approval in the united kingdom as well of course you know most of the treatments in america they get it approved but much earlier than in uk which takes much more much longer so it says its effectivity and the safety before it is allowed or licensed to be used so uh, apart from that there are also vaccines they are being tried as, as an anti cancer treatment um, three out of four times uh, cancer patients they die as a result of the cancer spreading to other organs. It it does this when cells sleep and become undetectable before waking up and forming tumors. So the vaccine will allow your immune system to recognize and kill off these cells when they wake up, as well as recognize and fight the (coughs) initial cancer. So these clinical trials are also going on. And in July, the government signed an agreement with the company, BioNTech SE, to provide 10,000 precision cancer vaccines to the UK by twenty thirty. But end of the day is the prayers. The prayers which are required all the time so that God Almighty do not put into trial and if you are in trial then you are patient and because that play patience will bring player of Allah to you. The promised Messiah on whom be peace, the founder of the Amni Muslim community has explained the subject of suffering And he said that a true believer should not be saddened at times of tribulation. He is not greater than a prophet of God. Truth is that at times of difficulty, a fountainhead of love starts. True believer does not go through a difficulty which does not bring him thousands of kinds of pleasures. Beloveds of God Almighty do not face tribulations because of sin. Tribulations reveal the accomplishment of true believers. Observe how the high morals of the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, were demonstrated at painful times and in triumph. Had the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, not gone through tribulations, what could we now say about his high morals? No doubt tribulations of true believers are seen as tribulations by others, but true believers do not deem them as tribulations it is important for man to stay firm on his sincere repentance and realize that repentance will give him a new lease of life. So here we conclude this uh, session, and please join us in the next hour after the news. Allah!
0: Allah.
2: You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
0: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Welcome back once again here in Drive Time Show. You're listening to Anikur Rahman. And I've joined by Dr. Batarik Bajwa. In the first hour we've discussed a very important topic related to you know, childhood cancer, and we have uh, discussed different aspect. Of what one should be doing and to covering it. That what cancer is actually, and how you know you can find out what are the symptoms and what are the cures, and how you should be facing it, and what are the God commandments of on this that you should be patient when you go through any kind of trials. So we've discussed that topic and hope our listeners have enjoyed it. Now we're going to move to another topic which we mentioned in the beginning. We'll be discussing in the second half our Prophet Ibrahim, the friend of Allah. The title was given by God Almighty, Khalilullah. That the Ibrahim, the Ibrahim is my friend. So the Khalilullah means the friend of Allah the Almighty. So in today's show will shed some light on the life of Prophet Ibrahim, whose life was an embodiment of the unity of God Almighty. Allah the Almighty chose him as his rightly guided and bestowed many of his miracles on him, some of them being saved from the fire, the creation of the fountain of Zamzam, and most importantly, the continuation of prophethood from his progeny. Thus, you know God almighty proved every step of the way that Prophet Ibrahim was his friend, and no doubt he upholds great status among the followers of three principal religions of the world, which is Judaism, Christianity and Islam. If you go to the background, Prophet Ibrahim peace be upon him, was a native of Ur. Or in present days, day is called al Makair or Mughayr and is about two hundred miles southeast of Baghdad in Iraq. He was, you know, brought up in the house of his uncle Azar. The Bible mentions different name of Abraham's father. That is, you know, Terah, which is in Genesis, you know, or uh, or Thara, and the historical mentions Athar, Athar as well as his father the Holy Quran mentions you know Azar as his Ab Ab in Arabic is equally applicable to father, uncle or grandfather so his parental uncle ran a shop where idols you know, were sold and Prophet Abraham peace be upon him observed the crafting of idols at his uncle's home you know, the idols were made by humans and sold to public as their God. So one day, you know, this narration, we find that one day his uncle left Abraham, Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, at the shop to attend to customers. And an go- old man came to the shop and said, I want to buy an idol. Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, asked him, which one would you like to have? Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, showed that idol to him. He was about to buy that idol when Abraham asked the man, How old are you? The man replied, Seventy years. Upon this, Abraham, peace be upon him, Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, told him that this idol was made only yesterday. Won't you feel ashamed while bowing down before a a day-old idol? These words of Abraham had great effect on the old man, and he did not buy the idol and went home. Such was the dislike of Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, to the idols during his youth. He would voice out his displeasure time and time and again. In the beginning, he discussed this issue very politely but later on had a bitter discussions with his uncle. His uncle mostly ignored such religious discussions but at the end warned if Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, of severe cons- consequences. However. Prophet Ibrahim's uncle were very much impressed by his noble character and he offered him his daughter Sarah in marriage. So
1: Abraham he um, he lived a very pious life and was always engaged in doing good. He walked on the path of righteousness but most of the people of his time were bent towards the world. The unity of God taught by Prophet Noah peace be upon him had vanished from the surface of the world by that time and the people were Groping in the darkness Engaging themselves in the worship of idols God appointed Abraham Peace be upon him A prophet to stamp out the worship of idols From the society Prophet Abraham On whom be peace uh, right from his childhood He had abhorred idols He was commissioned to uproot The worship of idols from the society He wasted no time And embarked on the task in full earnest He went to his father-in-law and said to him, Do you take idols for God? Surely I see you and your people in manifest error. This has been mentioned um, in the Holy Quran, chapter 6, verse 75. He spoke in public and private about the futility of idol worship, and his method of argumentation was mostly sarcastic. During his evening meetings, Abraham, peace be upon him, used to invite those who worshipped the sun and the moon and other heavenly bodies as their gods to his house. During one of those discussions one evening on seeing a star, he observed, "Um, "'Oh, this this is my Lord?' But when it set, he said, "'I don't like those who set.' Then he saw the moon rise with spreading light. He said, "'Can this be my Lord?' So basically, it was a thinking process going on. And and he was thinking that, can this be my Lord? But when it set, he said, if my Lord guide me not, I shall surely be of the people who go astray. And when he saw the sunrise with spreading light, he said, can this be my Lord? This is the greatest. But when it also set, he said, oh, my people, surely I'm quit of that which you associate with God. Thus, he exposed the false beliefs of his people. He spoke ironically to taunt them of their folly. At one stage, Prophet Abraham, he also had discussions with the king. Uh, He was a great individualist. His people worshipped the sun and the stars, and their chief god being Maradoc, Madruk, I think is the Arabic uh, version, Originally, the God of the morning and the spring sun, so, so that has been taken from Bible, they believed that all life depended on sun. Abraham, peace be upon him, very wisely asked the infidel king that if he, as he claimed, controlled life and death, then let him re- reverse the course of the sun on which all life depended. The king was in a fix. He could not say that he could not accept Abraham's challenge to bring the sun from the west to the east, for that would have demolished his claim of being the controller of life and death. At the same time, if he had said that he could do so, it meant that he claimed to exercise control over the sun, which would have been a great blasphemy in the eyes of the, his people who worship the sun. Thus, he was completely confounded, and he did not know what to say. He was defeated squarely. Prophet Abraham, um, you know, of course, when he, he did that, that infuriated, infuriated his opponents. The chiefs, instead of accepting the truth, were enraged, and they said, burn him and help your gods, if at all you mean to do something. But Allah commanded, O fire, be thou a means of coolness and safety for Abraham, the Holy Quran says, and they had intended an evil plan against him, but we made them the worst losers, as has been t- taken from chapter 21, um, verses 68 to 71. How the fire became cool, we are not told. Timely rain or a stormy hurricane might have to ex- extinguish it. In any event, God did bring about circumstances which led to Abraham's deliverance. There is always an element of mystery in heavenly miracles, and the manner of Abraham, peace be upon him, being saved from the fire was indeed a great miracle. So, Abraham was uh, seventy-five years of age when God commanded him for migration. So that is uh, that is one event which has had a, a great impact on the whole world. Which later on um, we all know that from this uh, originated the uh, the prophethood from from one of uh, his child, Hazrat Ismail, on whom be peace. Uh, otherwise, you know, his, uh, the, the prophethood was continuing within, in uh, Isaac, the prophet Ishaq on whom be peace. So, Hazrat Abraham, may peace be upon him, he journeyed from Ur, Ur is a place in Mesopotamia, to Haran, and from there to Canaan, which God decreed to give to his posterity. This journey had a precise objective. In pursuance of divine plan and design, all the great prophets or their followers at one time or another have to emigrate from their homes in the like manner. Abraham, may peace be upon him, was asked to migrate.
0: You know, Dr. Agbaj, one of the things you mentioned regarding the fire, it went cool. And I would like to, you know, uh, run a video where sometime, you know, this question come up that we believe that Jesus... You know, was taken bodily uh, to heaven is of course against the nature of law. Then how can we explain the fire which did not, you know, pain and as the prophet Abraham was. The Fire did not
1: burn b- Abraham. B- b- how b- come this happened? Yes, yeah.
0: and how come you know it was? It's not against the nature of law. So let's dis- let's hear that uh, audio clip and let's then uh, you know carry on the discussion we are having. So listen to that and we'll be back right after that.
3: In case of Hazrat Ibrahim, it is the evidence of the Holy Quran, Allah says it, who are we to say that it is against the laws of nature, but when we search for the hidden laws of the nature, then the way it has been explained in the Holy Quran, we can find some answers to that as well, it does not have to be in violation of laws of nature, what happened could have been manipulated by God. Who is the master of all laws. So, it happens, it has happened many in many other places. there somebody is put on fire, and the fire is built, and suddenly it is extinguished by a storm, windstorm, hail hailstorm, and rainstorm, and things. Is that not a decree of God? Is that not a miracle? So, who says that it must be interpreted as the fire should continue to burn and should yet should not burn. If God says, we believe that is right. The word of God is superior to all other laws. And the word of God, if it is clear, and loud and clear, then no sane man can say it is against the law of nature, because Allah knows the laws of nature best. Correct? This is not what I said in relation to Jesus Christ. What I said was, for him, to ascend to the fourth heaven is a much, much bigger violation of the known laws of nature than the burning of fire can ever be if it is extinguished. We know from the history of jugglery, from the history of, uh, you know, the, 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 the magicians, etc., that they know certain things which becomes insulative between them and the fire. Still, in India, you can watch many sadhus who walk over the cinders, burning cinders, and they they don't burn them. So if it can happen in case of ordinary recluse, Hindu recluse, why can't it happen in case of the prophet of God? So to dismiss it as against the law of nature is wrong in the first place. There are certain laws of nature which are known to some men and they can manipulate. There are certain laws of nature which of course are under command of God and he can directly manipulate them. So there is a recorded history of fire not being able to burn. Under what fly? this is not the question. The question is, it can happen. Number two, if God had arranged certain other measures, natural measures to overwhelm the fire, so suddenly, like sometimes, a cloud suddenly rises, bringing thunderstorm and rain and even the hailstorms, hails along with it. And it's a matter of a jitty, you know, fun as they call it. There is the fire, and it there it goes. That is another interpretation. So it can't be related to the issue of the, the uh, ascent of Jesus Christ at all. There is a third explanation that fire could have been referred to as the fire of extreme enmity and plotting against Hazrat Ibrahim. Al-Savar. Many a time, this fire. The word fire is used for wars, you see the Holy Quran has uh, annaar, the word Anar is the word. Huh? <laughs> Whenever they built the fire of war, God, God put it off. So why should it not be interpreted as a fire of fitna, a fire of conspiracies against Hazrat Ibrahim to destroy him. God told the fire not to work <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> And it, it, it was extinguished. So There are so many possibilities, but even if there was no explanation, we have never said that this is against the law of nature, so we won't accept it. And Allah tells you, you must accept. But where is the evidence in favour of Jesus being lifted bodily from earth to the fourth heaven? Bring me. And the phenomenal ascent to the fourth heaven is not at all to be related to the incident of a fire being extinguished before it could burn.
0: Welcome back. I hope uh, you have heard the answer for the question, and uh, it gives you enough explain explanation that how, uh, you know, God saved him, Prophet Abraham, from the fire. As before uh, this audio we were discussing, you know, as the Prophet Abraham was 75 years old and when God commanded him for migration, and, uh, you know, he journeyed from Ur uh, to, to, to Haran and from there to Canaan, or in in you know the Canaan, which God decreed to give to His uh, p- p- posterity, this journey had a pre- precise objective, and you know, p- pursuance of divine plan and design. And all the great prophet of their followers, at one time or other, have to um, you know migrate from their homes. In the like in in the, in in the like manner, Ibrahim peace be upon him was asked to migrate. Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, migrated from Ur with a few selected members, including his nephew Lord. They passed through Egypt. The king was impressed by Prophet Abraham and offered some presents and a loyal lady by the name of Hagar to him. Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, and Sarah, his wife, did not have any child. So when Hagar was presented to Abraham, peace be upon him, by the king of egypt sarah married her, you know to two abraham peace be upon him so that they can have a child prophet abraham peace be upon him was 85 when he married you know hagar all of them were earnestly supplicating god for righteous progeny prophet abraham peace be upon him you know settles his only son in Mecca. and prophet abram did not d- d- did nothing of his own accord rather did as was commanded by God Almighty. He took Ishmael and his Hagar to the appointed land in the wilderness of Arabia, and while settling them there offered the following prayer. He said that, O Lord, I have settled some of my progeny in an uncultivated or uncultivable valley near thy second house, our Lord, that they may observe prayer. So make man's heart inclined towards them and provide them with fruits, that they may be thankful. Our Lord certainly, Thou knowest what we keep secret, and what we make known, and nothing, whatever is hidden from Allah, whether in the earth or in the heaven. Ismail was yet a child when, in obedience to divine command and the fulfilment of divine plan, Prophet Ibrahim peace be upon him brought him and his mother Hagar to the bleak and barren tract where Mecca now stands. At that time there was no sign of life and no means of sustenance at the place and is mentioned in the authentic book which is Bukhari. But God had so designed that the place should become the sense of activities of God's last message for mankind. Ishmael was chosen as the you know vehicle for the implementation of this divine plan. The prayer was made at a time when not a blade of grass was to be seen for many miles around Mecca. Yet the prophecy met with fulfillment in a marvelous manner for the you know choice's fruit now reach Mecca in plenty in all seasons. In this recorded in the history it is recorded in the history When Abraham, peace be upon him, left his child and his wife in the barren land, you know Hagar ran after him and asked Abraham, Are you leaving us? Are you leaving us here? He did not answer. Then she asked him again, saying, Are you leaving us here? He did not answer. Then she asked him again, saying, Are you leaving us here? By the command of God? So basically she asked, Are you leaving us here by the command of God? Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, replied, you know, just pointed towards the sky. She understood this and said, then God will not waste us and returned to the baby. What a faithful lady she was. She trusted in God and provided her with all the necessary things and protected them. The child grew in the atmosphere under those circumstances and in due course, this place became a town. Prophet Abraham, peace
1: be upon him, he had seen a dream that he was slaughtering his only son. Very strange dream, isn't it? But that's what he saw. And then when Ishmael was 12, Abraham, peace be upon him, he came to visit them and mentioned the dream to him. The Holy Quran mentions that the whole episode was as follows. And it is said, and he prayed, my Lord, grant me a righteous son. So we gave him the glad tidings of a forbearing son, and when he was old enough to work and run along with him, he said, O my dear son, I have seen in a dream that I am offering thee in sacrifice. So consider what thou thinkest of it, he replied, O my father, do as thou art commanded. Thou wilt find me, if Allah pleases, steadfast in my faith. And when they both submitted to the will of God and Abraham had thrown him down on his forehead, we called to him, O Abraham, thou hast indeed fulfilled the dream. Thus indeed do we reward those who do good. That's from chapter 37, verse 101 to 106. So on the contrary, what Bible says is that, and he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, who thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee. That's from Genesis 22, uh, verse 2. So in this self-contradicting statement, Isaac has been mentioned as the only son, while the reality is that Isaac was at no time of his life Abraham's only son. The only son was Ishmael, who was 13 years old, older than Isaac. It is clear from the Bible and the Holy Quran that the incident took place when the son was able to do some work along with his father. It sets the age of the child at the time of the incident at about 12 years, and it was Ishmael who was the only son of Abraham, peace be upon him, uh, up to the age of 12, as Isaac was not yet born. However, after this incident, God gave glad tidings about the birth of Isaac. The Holy Quran says, and we gave him the glad tidings of Isaac a prophet, and one of the righteous. That's from chapter 37, verse 113. A year later, when Abraham, peace be upon him, was 100 years old, Isaac was born. Genesis 22, verse 6 tells us that the son offered as sacrifice was not a baby. He, in fact, carried the wood of the burnt offering on his head. And Genesis 22, uh, verse 12 describes that the son offered as sacrifice was the only son here he does not mention any name at the time of sacrifice Abraham peace be upon him was 99 years old and the only son he had at that time was Ishmael it seems that the writers of the Bible while claiming credit of sacrifice have deliberately changed Isaac with Ishmael and Moriah with for Marwa a hillock in the vicinity of Mecca moreover in the religious ceremonies of the Jews and Christians No trace of the supposed sacrifice of Isaac by Abraham is found. Muslims, who are the spiritual descendants of Ishmael, commemorate with great fervor his intended sacrifice by slaughtering every year rams and goats all over the world on the 10th day of Hajjah. This universal sacrifice of quadruplets by Muslims establishes beyond dispute the fact that it was Ishmael and not Isaac whom Abraham, peace be upon him, offered for sacrifice. In reality, Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, was not required to fulfill his vision in the literal sense. It was only a practical demonstration of his intention and preparedness to sacrifice his son, which was desired of him. The vision had already symbolically been fulfilled in Hagar, and Ishmael having been left by Abraham, peace be upon him, in the valley of Mecca a land of arid and barren waste. That brave act had in fact symbolized the sacrifice of Ishmael. The other purpose of the divine command to Abraham, peace be upon him, first to sacrifice his son and then to abstain from it was to abolish human sacrifice, a most inhuman practice prevalent among most nations at that time. So in fact, the commandment, which you know, what he had seen in the dream that he is sacrificing his only son, um, it was uh, symbolically it was fulfilled when he left his his wife Hagar along with little Ishmael at that time, and uh, in fact, leaving them in a arid, barren land where there is no source of water available at the time, was in fact, uh, you know, uh, with his own hand killing those. two people but uh, you know he 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 did that but still in his mind he had that I have to fulfill fill it physically which when he tried to do later on God Almighty he commanded him that he did not do that because it says that he has already fulfilled his dream so he didn't didn't need to do that so and of course the other purpose was that the 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 system of human sacrifice that was at, at that time it was prevalent and people used to to give human sacrifice that should be um stopped after this incident when in place of uh, Hazrat Ishmael, he um, slaughtered a, uh, a ram which had uh, which he found there and, and and as a result you know this uh, old tradition stopped and the human sacrifice was Um, was um, sort of uh, abolished after that. So, does the phrase in the Quran, the scriptures of Abraham, indicate that Abraham was a law-bearing prophet? That was one of the questions was asked.
3: The latter part and the most of the life he led later on, he was given law by Allah (laughs) for himself, and from then on, people followed him. Because in the uh, references we find, among his his progeny. For instance, Hazrat Yusuf al-Islam tells us that uh, I am going to uh, act according to the law of my, uh, the, the, the path, I am going to tread the path of my father and the first father and Ibrahim and sunnat ibrahimi is also a well-known phrase. millat also Sunnat-e-ibrahimi, ibrahim and so on. So all these indicate that he was also, a law So, the <coughs> enigma got solved when I looked at the age of Hazrat Lu, why the age of Hazrat Lu was mentioned in the Holy Quran. And that age was 950 years. Now, we know it was not his personal age, it was the age of his Sharia. After 950 50 years, that Sharia was definitely cancelled. Otherwise, Allah must have mentioned some more years to it. And we know that Hazrat Ibrahim was born roughly speaking according to the available evidence
4: uh,
3: during an, nearly at 900 years after Hazrat Nuh. And he lived, lived much longer. But he reached maturity and the age of prophethood within the period when the Sharia of Hazrat Nu was not yet cancelled out. So, after fifty, within 50 years he was bound to follow the previous Sharia if Allah had not revealed it to him. Now, when 50 years passed, that is 950 years got completed, after that if a new law was not revealed, the old law had been cancelled out, what, what could he follow then? So, obviously from the Holy Quran, this is proved that uh, after 50 years from the birth of Hazrat Ibrahim a new law was definitely revealed to him. And that is the law which we find mention of in many vers- verses of the Holy Qur'an. And the, pre- and the mention where he is known to have followed, Min Ibrahim Ibrahim Among the followers of who was Ibrahim. That is true, because in the early time he was born among the followers of Hazrat nu and remained a follower of Hazrat nu till about fifty years of his age.
0: Yes, that's very much right. As you know, the fourth Caliph of Ahmadiyya Muslim Association has mentioned that indeed the Prophet Ibrahim was the law-bearing Prophet. The scripture of Abraham, you know, he was guided; people were guided. Uh, through uh, that, and God given him a certain commandments which he, you know, taught to, to the people of that time. And now I will be mentioning one of the, you know, uh, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 23, it says that I will make you into a great nation. So, is it regarding Prophet Abraham? You know, it says in the Bible that it, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. An interesting fact is in an Islam, <clears throat> we read at the shaykh, we invoke the sharif. There's a certain wording which we read for the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and Prophet Abraham, that may God Almighty bless him. And uh, you know, uh, and and for that particular. And to to understand this, you know, biblical, uh, you know, uh, uh, presented and similarly about the Durut Sharif, which every Muslims invoke on the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And, you know, we will be listening to another video where we will find out, is the Durut Sharif a fulfillment of the revelation by God to Abraham, you know, in the Bible, as I mentioned earlier. So we'll listen to it and we will join you back after that.
4: In the Bible, I think it's Genesis chapter 12, verse 33, God tells Abraham that he will bless Abraham so much that nations will pray, Lord, bless us, as thou hast blessed Abraham and his people, which is what we Muslims pray when we say the Dhruv Sharif, whilst doing Namas. Could you please elaborate on that?
3: Elaborate what?
4: That, um... The in philosophy Genesis, of
3: Dhruv Sharif? Why we mention Abraham? Yes. Or what? I mean, what is hitting no, your mind in this regard?
4: That God tells Abraham that he will bless um, Abraham's people. Oh, yes, so,
3: so what? I mean, take your time. First, define the question, because this, this question is vague to me. I can't follow what you want to know.
4: Because in Genesis, in the Bible, he, um, God tells Abraham... That he'll bless Abraham so much that nations will pray, Lord bless us as thou hast blessed Abraham and his people. Yes. Which is what we muslims pray when we say Zuru Sharif in the Mars. Yes. So is it, is that kind of, could you elaborate elaborate on that please?
3: Elaborate on what?
4: (laughs) I mean what
3: is the point which is uh, uh, difficult for you to understand unless you define your question, I can't answer. I mean, what, is the, what seems to be wrong with this situation? The Bible says yes. that Abraham would be blessed, no, so no. would he will be his the generations which will, which will follow him. His progeny would also be blessed. And when we refer to Ahazerah uh, and pray for him and his people, his followers, we remind Allah that you have once shown favors to Abraham who was not the very best of prophets, although he stood very high. So when you have shown such favors to a lesser prophet than Muhammad Mustafa, (coughs) he deserved this much more and his people too. So show show your blessings as you showered your blessings upon earlier prophets, particularly Abraham and his followers and his, 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 his progeny. That is the message This is why, you know, in fact, there is uh, a custom of quoting precedents. Wherever a case is presented, to strengthen the case, a good advocate would always quote a precedent. that I want this favor, because this favor has been shown to Mr. So-and-so. This decision was given in case of that, uh, in, in, in that judgment, uh, regarding so and so. So quotation of precedent uh, strengthens the case and uh, once the precedent is quoted then it is difficult for the person who is hears the case to reject the application. This is a normal routine in human in human affairs. So in prayers to if you quote a president that this has been done before, why not again? particularly when this case is more deserving that makes the prayer more fortified and strong so it is uh, to strengthen your root sharif that this method is adopted also it was it is a reminder to the ummah that you are not in position and status you are second to none and don't expect that the blessings of allah would stop and no subordinate prophets would ever appear because they are the best blessings shown upon Abraham when this is an established fact that Abraham was blessed by subordinate prophethood for a long time in his progenies in and among his people for a long time to come why should the Muslims um, consider themselves as if working under the inferiority complex to be a comparatively lowly placed people as if they do not deserve those favors of Allah which earlier prophets did. So Allah made them ask and beg him that please show all those favors, at least all those favors, upon Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his people as you showed these favors earlier to Abraham and to his people. So why Abraham was chosen? One of the reasons is that previously no prophet was blessed uh, in, in a greater degree and in widest application than Abraham. Of all the prophets, he is called the father of prophets, the father of nations, and he seems to be beyond doubt the most beloved of Allah before Wasallam. So to make a precedent. To quote a precedent before God, no no better uh, name could be named in that prayer than Abraham. So Abraham is mentioned to remind Allah that you have done such things before, why not again? And to remind the Muslim people that you should expect at least the same favours, if not more, they would which were shown earlier to Abraham. So it serves both these purposes. You. Is your uh, question answered? Yes, I want to do is that. Is, is that what you wanted to
4: understand?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, uh, you know, as God Almighty has blessed Prophet Abraham, uh, we pray in the Rushri that God also bless uh, the Holy Prophet. Peace be upon him. You know, uh, as mentioned God has given Prophet Ibrahim this scripture and, you know, one of the thing I would like to mention here about the pilgrimage of Mecca for for entire mankind. God instituted pilgrimage for mankind through Prophet Ibrahim and he ordered him saying that proclaim unto men the pilgrimage. They will come to thee on foot and on every lean camel coming by every distance deep track. Chapter 22 verse 28. Thus, the pilgrimage as an institution began with the, you know, Patriarch Abraham, peace be upon him, and has continued without a break to this day. The gathering in Mecca every year of many hundreds of thousands of Muslims from every distant land bears and, you know, irrefutable testimony to the fulfillment of prophecy. Indeed, God gave rise to the progeny of Hazrat Ibrahim, peace be upon him, given great victories. And indeed, God showed that indeed God, you know, has blessed the progeny of Hazrat, you know, the Prophet Abraham, uh, peace be upon him. I would like to mention, you know, the Prophet, the Holy Quran says, uh, you know, regarding the great prayer of Prophet Abraham that, O Lord, rise up among them a messenger from among themselves, who may recite to them thy signs and teach them the book and wisdom, and may purify them, surely thou art the mighty the Voice. in this verse prophet Abraham prayed for a great prophet with a specific mission this was later fulfilled in the person of muhammad in the person of muhammad peace be upon him a descendant of ishmael on whom the fairy law you know for all mankind was revealed in the form of the holy quran so we have discussed the life and you know the last prophet which came under his progeny the prophet peace muhammad peace be upon him the great prophet you know the king of the Prophet. The seal of the prophets, and uh, indeed, he was a Khalilullah, he was a friend of God Almighty. God has blessed him, and we pray that God keep blessing the progeny of the Holy Prophet. Peace be upon him. With this note, I would like to end today's show. I would like to thank the producer of today's show and technical team working behind the scene. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh.